0: This is the Messy Progress podcast, and I'm the queen of Messy Progress. Your host, Adrienne Smith. So today I'm doing something a little different. I'm going rogue on this one and going solo. And uh, I feel all the feelings that come with doing something new, doing something different. And I'm essentially just sitting here having a conversation with myself. Um, and as I as I do this, and the reason I decided to 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 take this course today was because I feel like this is really truly my calling I have an ability and a gift to sit and reflect on a situation and move into action on it in a way that doesn't cause whatever the circumstances to paralyze me and I also have a gift of sharing whatever it is that I'm going through and allowing what I'm experiencing to hopefully relate to something that you're experiencing. Um, I'm unapologetic about it and honest and real and just fully transparent and I decided today that I wanted to step into that and um, so here we are. This is messy progress at its best, and I'm excited that you said yes to listening to this podcast today. So what I wanted to go into today was a little bit about me um, and also just this practice of creating like a system in your life that you can apply to anything, anywhere, no matter what. And I really truly believe that it works. And so I'm just going to kind of give a little backstory is I've shared in a couple episodes about this podcast and kind of how it got birthed, but I wanted to, to give a little bit more credit. Um, back in June of 2020, I signed up for this course called purpose to platform and the instructor that was leading it, her name is Patrice Washington and I happened to find her, um, like a couple weeks prior to signing up for this course on Instagram. She posted this video. She held up a piece of paper. She's a black woman. She held up a piece of paper and on the piece of paper on her Instagram story, it said, white friends listen. And I clicked on it and I listened and I was it was, it was during like right after, um, the, the riots and everything started to break out after George Floyd had passed away. And, um, so this, this topic, like seeing a black woman on my Instagram, um, not my Instagram, but someone else's and like wanting to hear and, and do the work of listening to, um, what other people were, were speaking of, not just my white friends. Um, and so I listened to her talk and I was just really taken aback by how direct, how honest, how um, just punchy and clear and, um, yeah, just, I think it was Patrice's directness that I was like, I love this woman. What is she doing? What does she do? And so I started to look to see like who she was, what she was about and um, I found this program and so anyway, it's this, it was an eight-week program. It ended up being like 20 weeks of continued support, but eight weeks of content. And what we did during this program was you started looking at the things that were your gifts and figuring out who your target was, who you want to reach, and kind of the, the methodology behind it. And um, over the course of the program, I kept feeling like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm so lost. I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know who I want to reach. I want to reach this group over here. I want to reach this group over here, but I just was super scattered. And all of a sudden, closer towards the end, just being a participant in the program, I was listening to, there there were several calls every week that you could jump on, Um, support calls, clarity calls, um, encouragement to uh, technical stuff. And anywho, I was on this one call and I all of a sudden just kept, I kept hearing all the women in the group talk about, uh, this is sloppy progress, this is sloppy progress. And I was like, no, that's it. Is that we're all going through this messy, messy progress to bring something to light. And yet nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about the, like how hard it really is to move across the country when you don't have a place that you to live, how, um, challenging it is to run a yoga studio during a pandemic. Um, what it looks like when your marriage is a mess or it's, you know, speaking kind of from eye here is, you know, having to deal with death and grief and family and loss. And, um, and so, I decided, I was like, oh my God, there's all these other, there's all these people that I am so inspired by. And I just started to make a list. And, and those are all the people that um, you've heard so far on the podcast in the prior episodes to this. And I guess this episode, I decided, I was like, I want to talk about my system and what works for me what I've seen to work. And it, it got birthed from this purpose to platform program. And I encourage everyone to Take a look at what Patrice Washington is up to because she's incredible, and um, and so I'm just going to get started. Is the system that I find to work no matter what, and I'm going to give you some examples. Is to be where you are, to look where you want to go, and to move into action. And so to be a little bit more specific, be where you are. This if if we don't take a moment to actually be where we're at taking the next step is we're just going to kind of repeat, um, what's happened to us in the past. At least that's what I've noticed in my experience. And so when it comes to being where you're at, it's giving yourself a time limit and committing to that time limit to like sit in whatever kind of mess it is that you're in. An example of being where you're at and committing to it could be five minutes that you set a timer and you meditate and you just sit there for five minutes. And after five minutes, you're done. The second one is to look where you want to go. And I say look where you want to go and also look to see who you want to be, like your future self. Who do they want you to be right now? And start to live into that. And an example of that could be to create a goal. Where do you want to be in X amount of time? And who do you want to be while you're doing it? Because we can say something like, um, you know, a year from now, I want to be living in a different house, and da-da-da-da-da. But it's really important to also see who do we want to be a year from now. Because we could end up with a bigger house, more bills, and then also more stress. And then we're not actually ending up living into being the person that we really, truly want to be. We have a nice house, but we're kind of a dick. So this is an example of looking where you want to go and looking who and what you want to be. Um, And then the last thing is to move into action. And I say move into action in a two-part way. So one is I believe that movement is medicine. No matter what, if I get myself, put my running shoes on, get out the door, and I just walk around my block, it is a game changer. If I get on my yoga mat and I move my body, game changer. If I'm set up to teach a class and I'm in a horrible mood, typically Mondays, I'm like super crabby. I don't want to deal with anything. I don't want to do life. I would rather just like stay in bed all day. I put myself on the schedule to teach every Monday so that I, because I guarantee myself the opportunity to shift out of whatever mood. And if I'm not going to do it for myself, like sometimes I'm honestly just like, I don't care that much about holding myself accountable, but I know that I have to show up for other people. So I say movement in two parts. One is moving your body, and the other part is moving into action. And I say moving into action by taking one step, not all the steps. Sometimes we can get so blinded by all the steps that have to be had. I'll just use the example of like, let's say buying a house. And we can get so caught up in like, well, how am I gonna do that? I have to sell my house, I have to do this. And it's like, no, what's the first step that you need to do in order to move into action? And so I, just to review, it's be where you are, look where you want to go, and move into action. And so I'm going to give you a couple examples of how I've used this in my life. So my backstory is um, I graduated in 2002 from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Upon graduating, I got an internship at a company, a company called Kimberly-Clark, which manufactures um, big brands like Huggies Diapers. And my internship was working on um, a product development team for Huggies. And on my first day, let me be totally honest here, first day, sit at my desk, get my computer set up, figure out how to set up the email, all that stuff. And then I just sat there. And I remember thinking, I can't believe that this is what people do for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. I was like, this is not for me. And though, I had committed to an internship for three months. And so I had to fulfill that commitment. And so where I saw that I was, was not where I wanted to be long term, but it's where I was and it's what I committed to. But I did see where I wanted to go. And I, um, you know, I committed to being in this position for three months. And during that time, I started to interact with different departments and different people with different jobs. One of them being marketing research. And I started to see a job that I actually might enjoy and might like. And so what I did was committed to that three months. I looked to see where I wanted to go and I saw an opportunity of someplace I wanted to be. And then I moved into action by connecting with people within that department. And I can still remember when I got um, my manager set up a, a discussion with the, the director of marketing research. And she fast forward, I don't know how long it, it took me to get into that position, but she ended up being my boss for a couple years. And it didn't happen overnight. I paused because what, I, what we want, always want to have happen is like, I want to get out of this emotional mess. I want to get out of this like parenting nightmare. I want to get out of this pandemic. Let's be totally honest. But the, the reality is, is like we have to be somewhere for a little while and like allow ourselves to sit in the sewage because otherwise the reality is it's just going to keep following us wherever we go. Another example is while I was living in Appleton, I liked my job. I had really great friends and um, great apartment, good workout place. I found a yoga studio that I loved, but I lived in Appleton, Wisconsin, which is for those of you that don't know, it's just south of Green Bay. It's really cold. Um, It's considered like the frozen tundra and it's pretty snowy a lot of the year. And so I knew that I didn't want, I was an outdoor person. I, I liked sports and athletics since I was young. But I realized, I was like, I'm really not spending much time outside. And so the last year that I was there, I said to myself, I said, if you don't start to do winter sports this year, you need to decide and move to someplace else where you're going to start participating in life more. And I didn't have a passion for snowshoeing or cross-country skiing. I didn't seek it out. And, um, and so I... I saw where I was, I realized that that's not the life that I wanted to be in, like a snowy area. I wasn't, um, what did people do up there? Ice fishing and, um, you know, it's snowy, but it's not like Colorado snowy where there's mountains to ski on. It's pretty flat. And I began, began to look for different jobs. And I interviewed and put my resume out there and worked with a recruiter for places all over the country, um, opportunities in California and East Coast. And I ended up landing a job outside of Chicago. And and, I use this this system again because it's like, okay, be where you are. I'm living in a place that I'm not participating in life outside. And I was an outdoor person. I gave myself that one season, I committed to one more season of staying, one more winter season, I say, of staying where I was. And then if nothing changed, then I needed to start looking for different options because I didn't want to stay stuck and I didn't want my circumstances to determine my happiness. So I looked for the job, found the job, looking for the job and then also moving into action by getting in contact with a recruiter and then the action taken was moving to Chicago. So I lived in the suburbs of Chicago. I worked for a company called Sara Lee Foods and did marketing research on a couple of their product lines and was working a, you know, standard. I think my hours that I kept were about like 730 to 430 and at this time was when I was running marathons. I had run two marathons um, in that year and the next year, and decided that I wanted to test the waters of doing triathlons. But I didn't know how to swim. Like I knew how to swim and dive for pennies and have fun in the water, but I didn't actually know how to freestyle swim, and. So it was during the winter time, which you don't swim outside in the winter time in Chicago, for those of you that aren't aware of the weather there, is you swim in a pool. And the triathlon season in Chicago begins roughly like June, July timeframe. And it was winter time. And I saw that I wanted, so where I was was I didn't know how to swim. What I wanted to do, again, look to see where I wanted to go, I wanted to do a triathlon. And then in order to do a triathlon, I had to learn how to swim, so moving into the action of learning how to swim. And so I acknowledged the fact that I didn't know what I was doing. And I got a gym membership at a place that had a pretty nice size um, 25-meter swimming pool, and it was right next to my work. And so what I did to make life easier and take less time out on my commute was I would set myself up every night with all of my stuff that I needed for work the next day. Most people do this on a regular basis. And um, the drive to work for me was about 40 minutes if there was traffic. And so I would leave my house at 5 a.m. and I would drive to the gym, which only took me about 20 minutes to get to at that hour of the day. And I would end up with an extra 20 minutes every day to exercise because I made a goal of getting to the starting line of a triathlon and I started swimming. I had no idea what I was doing. This was like before YouTube was super popular. We're talking like 2007. I don't even think I don't even think I had a Facebook account at this point in time, maybe MySpace. But there wasn't all these technical videos on how to do things. And I just started to swim. I would go to the pool and I'd feel like a complete idiot. There would be me who was in marathon shape at this time, so you know, pretty fit. And there would be women in the pool next to me that would be just crushing laps. And they were heavier, but they would be able to swim lap after lap, lap after lap. And I'm like, how am I doing this? I'm a super fit runner, but I cannot swim to save my life. But I committed to that. I committed to getting to the start line of a triathlon in July. And so what that meant was that I needed to show up and swim regularly, even if it was only um, like, I remember at the beginning, it would be, I need to make it 10 lengths of the pool with my face in the water as hard as it is and as much as I get would get out of breath. And then I would commit to that every time I would go and do a workout. And I wouldn't even say that these were workouts. It was more just like a – I feel like it was like a, a challenge. It was it was sort of suffering. And I still remember the day that I all of a sudden – I wasn't doing flip turns, for those of you that are familiar with swimming at this point in time. I would just touch the wall and go, touch the wall and go. And I can still remember the day that I was able to swim – 800 meters in a pool, so back and forth and back and forth. So, what is that? 32 laps in a pool, 800 meters. And I felt so accomplished. And I knew that if I made it 800 meters in a pool, that I could make it 800 meters, which was the distance of the triathlon. But it took, again, being where I was, admitting that I did not know the first thing about how to swim, looking where I wanted to go, signing up for the race and then moving into action on it by just getting a pair of goggles and a swimsuit, a gym membership and jumping in the pool. To move to something that's more current for me and current for a lot of you is, I'm running a yoga studio during a pandemic, which I know a lot of listeners are in the same boat and every one of our cities looks different. The rules look different what we can have in terms of number of people inside or not inside all look different. And this has been the wildest ride these last, it's been nine months. It feels like it feels like it's been so short and it feels like it's also been so long. And, you know, right now I'm sitting in my yoga studio. I'm going to be teaching class in about 15 minutes and I don't know how many people are going to show up and I don't know how long this current state of not actually being able to have people indoors is going to last. It's December 16th, actually. This podcast will drop tomorrow on the 17th, and I have nine months left on my lease. I know what the financial obligation is for paying nine months of rent, and I know how much money is coming in so that it affords me, thanks to so many people that have kept their membership. I've decided to be where I'm at exactly right here for as long as we need to be so that I can fulfill the obligation, the financial obligation of our lease. Now, I don't know what things are gonna look like a month from now, two months from now, three months from now. I can fantasize, I can worry, but what I do know is that I definitely wanna be doing something and being inspiring and transformational in whatever it is that I'm doing, whether it's leading yoga classes indoors or outdoors or virtually or or not. And so I've committed, again, to go through these steps, to be where I'm at. For nine months, I'm committed to this, to look where I want to go. I don't actually know what that task is that I'm going to be doing every day, but I know who I want to be during it. And the moving into action right now looks very different, and this is where I want to introduce two other steps. Moving into action doesn't necessarily mean something that we actually produce. And so moving for me is when I feel kind of stuck and funky and I can't actually get to be the person and embody the person that I want to be, I go move my body no matter what. And so every day I'm committed to exercising because I know that that's going to be an energy shifter, even if it doesn't clear away all my problems. The other two things, though, is to connect with what matters most and to create joy, just because. And so I say connect with what matters most is people really matter to me. And connecting with my friends, my family, having like deep, powerful conversations. Um, Some of you that are listening to this podcast have been people that I've connected with a lot during this time because it pulls me out of whatever funky state that I'm currently in. And a lot of us are in currently this world of worry and doubt and fear and anxiety. And it, it stems from, I believe, spending so much time focusing on I, on like our little I self. And so being with people, teaching a yoga class for other people, even though I get to move my body, it takes me out of my funk. So connecting with what matters most, and that's people. And the last thing is to create joy just because. Make a list of things that just make you happy and then do them. So if it's walking on the beach, hitting, I'm just going to give you a list of things that I've been doing recently walking on the beach, um, picking up sea glass, hitting around a volleyball uh, against a wall or with a friend, um, listening to music that I used to listen to, I don't even know, like 10 years ago that just like lights my spirit up and dancing. Um, My daughter has a trampoline, one of those little tiny trampolines in our kitchen And it's really easy for me to be in a funk. And even though she'll reach out to me and be like, mama, jump with me, jump with me. And I'm just like, oh, I don't have time for this. And really, it's exactly what I need to be doing is holding her hands and being in joy and jumping. So to review, be where you're at. Look where you want to go. Move into action. Connect with what matters most and create joy. And what I would add to this as well is sometimes we forget the things that connect us to what matters most and cause us joy. So journaling and making a list just so that you can be reminded and these things are easier to call on when you're in those stressful moments. And lastly, when it comes to being where you're at, you want to give yourself (laughs) like the full permission to be where you're at. Messy, stressed, uncomfortable, emotional. Being there allows for the sensations, for the emotions to actually move through us and onward so that we can actually look and be reminded of where we want to go, who we want to be, and move into action. The simple act of being where we're at and taking a few breaths where we're at can be a game changer for us to reconnect with our vision for life, who we want to be, reconnect with what we love most, including the people that we love most, and reconnect with what really causes us to spark some joy. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week.